Well, hello. Hi, Marty. It's Lindley. Oh, hi, Lindley. What a surprise. (laughs) How's it going, Lindley? It's good. I have to remind me to tell you in a little bit, because I forgot to tell you yesterday, um, I did something really embarrassing at solid time before you got there. Oh, no, I think you told me about it, but I'm going to have you tell it so that so that our audience <laughs> can, can yep. also enjoy it. Um, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce us? Hi, everyone. Welcome to OKC Spam Podcast Edition. You're on with Lonely Face Smith and the real host. <laughs> My name is Marty Piercy. <laughs> the real host. Will we ever but, not be awkward whenever I do that? I, neither of us. I Like, I don't know. <laughs> On the phone, I don't know how to intro. Uh, I do. I was just thinking about this a few minutes ago that I really do long to get back to studio recording. Um, I know. I just, it's so much. Uh, I mean, this is pretty, this is a pretty good way for us to interact because it's, it's how we usually do. Um, just being on the phone and talking for, I mean, we we give a truncated version. <laughs> yeah, usually it's about just an hour. Twice this time. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking about intro, and I wish we had music, so it would be like the final countdown song. Yeah, that's what I miss is that I we have a great theme song, uh, mm-hmm. like a really great opening theme, uh, and I am. I don't have the know-how to slide it in at the beginning of this. I suppose I could ask our friend, Stephen. Uh, he would know, but I forget to do these things, Lindley. Uh, you know me. I like If it's not right in front of me, there's a good chance I'll forget about it. Um, yeah, I have a friend in the building who has been giving me the extremely cold shoulder uh, really? for a couple of months and I was trying to figure out like what was he is he mad at me and just out of nowhere I realized he had asked me to feed his cat oh, and no. fish one weekend when he was gone and this was back oh, no. yeah this was back when I uh, I was really experiencing like a lot of cognitive issues uh, and I, apparently it had gone completely out of my head and now I don't know I mean honestly I don't know how to address it (laughs) you're like hey I got you a new goldfish (laughs) yeah like yeah it's like that's such a cheaper version than the fish that he had so that would be ideal uh what's a fish well, any fish that's not a goldfish, I presume, is more expensive than a goldfish. I mean, goldfish is like the, uh, it's the goldfish standard of fishes. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible joke. I'm, thank you for laughing. It's courtesy. I've never dabbled in fish ownership, so I'm not very well versed in this. Uh, when you said fish ownership, it made me think of Bob's Burgers. I know you don't watch TV, but yeah. <clears throat> Bob's Burgers is really great, and their landlord <clears throat> is named Mr. Fish Owner. Um, anyway, so uh, 
today we've got a couple of things we want to talk about, but let's kick it off with a positive note. Um, it's the holidays, and people like to – it's a good time uh, for people who are not involved in nonprofits to get the warm, fuzzy feeling of donating to nonprofits. So let's let's dive in and try to – uh, divert their money to nonprofits that we're in. Reroute it. Uh, I'll start <clears throat> because uh, I don't want you to have to do it. Um, period OKC, obviously a top choice for me. Um, that's my favorite nonprofit it. in town. Now, well, let me tell you about them. They, uh, <laughs> they supply period products. Uh, to organizations and people so that so that uh, people who menstruate who don't have a lot of access to period products can get those those necessary uh, products that uh, so that they can stay healthy as possible um, and so uh, what do you, Lindley what's uh, tell us just a little bit about like what your donation dollars do uh, when you donate to period? Sure. Um, we service anyone. We have no barrier of entry, so we're not going to check financials. If you say you need them, that's fine. Um, and I don't know if I – so we have donations of pads, but we have to buy tampons every month, and it's like $3,000 every month. Um, and we, you and I have talked about this, but our donor base are, you know, just standard community members. So we'll get 50 bucks here on a good day, a hundred dollars from somebody. So, you know, we're very grassroots and strappy. Two screens. Yep. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but we, did I tell you, we have a partnership with Metro Library Systems now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there's actually a sign in the downtown library saying, if you need products, come to the reference desk, which I don't love because somebody still has to go up and ask for it, but I'll take it. So I do, um, if anyone hears of anybody who needs um, menstrual products, they can, you can always direct them to their local metro branch, not Pioneer, so make sure that's distinguished. Right. Yeah, that's the so. Oklahoma County uh library system uh, is the metro library so that was uh, exciting whenever that yeah happened. that's great that's really good news um and it's i would say as an organization it's not simply uh <clears throat> supplying products to people who need them which is you know the major part it's the biggest part like work-wise of what you do but also uh advocacy um, mm-hmm. Like, for example, getting those products into the library uh, and recently talking with legislators trying to get some legislation to help have period products available in public schools. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, we have a bill that's going to be filed um, that would – I don't like to use the word required, but it would make it kind of required. All um, schools have them at no cost for students. So administrators, educators, and nurses are not buying them out of pocket, and it would free up our resources because 
you know, just Oklahoma City Public Schools is daunting, and we can't service Tulsa, rural communities especially, so this would um, help those systems um, have that available. Actually, um, Middale added it to their line item in their budget. So nice. um, they're spending, yeah. I think they spent about, I looked at the um, financials, about $20,000 over the school year. Oh, wow, that's um, great. I mean, that's <clears throat> probably not quite enough, but for them to be able to, to separate that much money uh, in an underfunded system to prioritize health and safety. Uh, yeah, honestly. I was actually like, spearheaded by one of the teachers who... Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I'll say donation. that Middell, in my experience, Middell has a history of really dedicated educators. Uh, my friend Aaron used to teach over there. Uh, a friend of mine was one of the principals uh, <clears throat> in that system. And just, I mean, it seems like a proving ground for some some really good uh some really good educators. So I like. Let's hope that that just gets better and better. Um, yeah, we're looking at what we're pushing for is obviously in a perfect world with our um, philosophy, we would like them in all restrooms. But um, this will be in girls' bathrooms and the gender neutral bathroom. So at least the gender fluid or trans men can use that with in the gender neutral restroom. So it would be available. It's very good. It's very good. Um, well, uh, how can people, what's the best way for people to donate to period OKC? Um, yeah, you can, on our website, there's an easy link to do it. If you have the means to have a debit or credit card, um, if not, we do accept cash. And with those, we provide a donation receipt for if you're going to use it for tax purposes. Um, otherwise, mm -hmm. your email confirmation receipt would be surface sufficient for that. Right. Okay, great. And we will still take products, um, but we can buy them at a less expensive rate. Yeah, that's something that I, I mean, like, I mean, like, you're not going to turn stuff down. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've, like, I've gotten a partner with a couple of a couple of people or organizations over the last couple of years to do donation drives like product drives and that's uh, it's not a bad thing to do but uh I would I would really recommend if that's something that you and your your friend group, your church group, your book club, your whatever you know group that you're in uh if you want to do a donation drive, please, uh, this is me saying this, not somebody from the organization, but please contact them first to just see if there's a specific need. For example, one drive that we did actually just about a year ago, um, some friends and Red Dirt Poetry and uh, Literati Press, uh, we all partnered to do a drive that included specifically uh, underwear for, for women's underwear um, for one organization that serves adults with disabilities. And uh, that was a very successful drive, but that was something I wouldn't have known to ask for without, <clears throat> without finding out from Lindley. Um, 
Yeah, and so, I end up with all sorts of things. <laughs> so right. um, sometimes I'll get diapers. It's like, this is great. Um, I'll find a place to take them and then follow up and say, here's a place if you have more diapers. <laughs> to right, to. Yeah. an appropriate place to take those things. <laughs> um, very good. Well, um, anything else to add on, on uh, as far as period goes? Um, no, not really, but I will say this is kind of a – very specific request, but if you do do a donation drive, it makes it a lot easier on our time if you'll go ahead and inventory them. Um, mm-hmm. It gives you the warm fuzzies of how much you've donated, and um, it just saves administrative things for us. Um, also, something yeah. that we've started doing is um, groups of friends have started having packing parties and getting donations with their friends. It was really cute. We had it's actually my cousin, but she did a um, drive with her friends, and then they packed it all. And I just gave her the supplies to do it. So they watched the Barbie movie and packed products. It was cute. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's a really great idea. So if you need uh, some insight about how to pull that off, uh, contact, honestly, either of us, even though I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just be super abundantly clear. I am just a supporter of period. I do not work for them. I'm like not attached to them except for uh, emotionally and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just through their, uh, that organization is my friend. Uh, so, and I, I just want to tack on that there is, uh, there are no salaries. So any dollar that you donate is going to the work. Uh, uh, not that, Donating to places with salaries that's not going to the work, but it's going into the actual, like, uh, rubber meets the road level service for people. So, um, yeah, and you and I are pretty good people. Of if you have donations for something, we can wrap them properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, reach out to either of us or <clears throat> the website. So, um, what about you? You got one that you want to bring up? Yeah. Um, this just crossed my mind when we were thinking about it. Um, the folks at Red Dirt Collective, you know them too, but um, Ashley from over there, they do really awesome work. They're out of um, Norman, but they service all the community, and what they do is every other month an aid fair, which I encourage you to donate pro- or anything that they would need and actually attend one just to check it out. It's really awesome. They um, also will need service providers, like they do oil changes, haircuts, flu shots, if you're an RN or something like that. And um, it's everything is free with groceries, clothing, hygiene products. Um, they fill up a giant gymnasium and all the schools. It's, they're really great people and really also cool. a group that um, functions with donations as well like us. So, yeah, they're great. Yeah, Red Dirt Collective for sure. And if you uh, if you want to donate to them products or uh, or financial donations, um, <clears throat> Google still works, I believe. Yeah. So that might be the easiest way to mm-hmm. find them. Um, I oh, want to and throw they also in do meetings with um, uh, attorneys who are donating their time for um, renters' problems and that kind of thing for housing. Mm. It's super important right now. Yeah. Uh, throughout the pandemic and since, we've just 
a lot of the homelessness that we've seen has come from, uh, well, a lot of it's been new and, and, and uh, we're seeing a lot of people who are losing their housing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, that's really important work uh, in addition to the immediate needs being met, like, uh, longer term needs being addressed super important um, uh, we will actually get into that later uh during another mm-hmm. discussion but um so i uh, I also like let's just list a few that i that a few organizations that we think are worthy I would say freedom Oklahoma is doing super important mm-hmm. advocacy work and uh capacity community capacity building. Uh, for uh, support and uh, increasing the safety. Uh, I mean, right now we're in a an emergency kind of situation for uh, for gender queer people, uh, and we really need to uh, to be to keep that front of mind all the time because this is a very dangerous time and place for mm-hmm. for uh, queer people, especially uh, trans and non-binary uh, friends and community members, it's just a very daunting time, and uh, I just I can't I can't avoid saying this. I, I want to always remind people that when that's not your central cause, your central uh, affinity group, please remember that 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 they showed up for our stuff and we need to show up for them too. There is nothing about us without us. And that, that really, it, this is all intersectional. It's all justice related. So like, if you're like, I'm not trans, I don't have any trans members of my family. I don't know any trans people. A, you're wrong. uh, And you just don't know it. And B, so what? Because this is a community and uh, that specific part of our community is very supportive of all of our stuff. So we really need to show up and uh, and help protect uh, the sanctity of, of those lives. Uh, so, yeah, Freedom Oklahoma is doing a lot of important work there. So that's one I would throw in. Um, of course, your usual service providers like Sisu just expanded. They can mm-hmm. always use, uh, I don't know any, any service organizations that couldn't use more, <laughs> but Sisu is doing an important, uh, an important job. They are the, the contact point for so many young people experiencing homelessness. So that's a very, a very important organization in town. Um, I um, also something that people don't think about are local journalists and publications. If you're looking at something that's local, independent that you read regularly, there's a they need funding as well. Um, if they're not owned by you know a large umbrella corporation. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I agree. <laughs> as one. <laughs> As one, I could I could use support financially. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us are really getting paid for this podcast, uh, and it would be great for us to get to a position 
where uh, we're just a little bit more free to do stuff that we need to do. Um, that's a good point. Uh, and there are tons of other ones. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not sure about one, <laughs> I have very strong opinions about a lot of the nonprofit organizations in town, and I'm happy to help you direct <laughs> your money or your uh, your your time, uh, your talent, or your treasure uh, to specific places. Uh, especially like people hit me up all the time about where to take clothes, uh, and I've got good answers for that. So. Um, Feel free to hit me up at my email. That's marty.piercy at gmail. And I'm, I'm happy to answer any of those questions as well as I can. Um, and uh, kind if of you're low-hanging fruit. Sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I was going to say, um, you know, we were just there talking about it, the Homeless Alliance. But something you're doing specifically that's cool is they have a list of all of their curbside vendors on there and so if you know somebody that you buy from immediate like all the time you can find their face and what they specifically need and um, that's what my mom did for her local um curbside vendor that she buys from um all the time and knows that it lists on there he has a, a dog that's you know his best friend and so he would like dog food and that's just another thing that you could get specific with people that you feel connected with regularly Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, I used to work there, and I got to tell you, like sharing those gifts uh, that people bring is—it's fun. I mean, I'm not—I'm not a holiday guy. I—I I don't observe Christmas Halloween. or I, I, yeah, Halloween is my my holiday. This is well-trod territory on <laughs> the podcast, but. Uh, but that is a very joyful thing to watch. Uh, if people struggle all year round, it's really great to see them just get a little, give a dose of joy. So uh, that's good, Lindley. Uh, I wouldn't have brought that up because I wouldn't have thought about it. But uh, so, um, yeah, for more information, please visit your local library. Um Something I wanted to talk about, let's just touch briefly uh, on the BRT. I think, like I talked a lot about it this week, if listeners caught the earlier episode this week, mm-hmm. it was just about the BRT. I, uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to that episode, I'm kind of surprised because we don't have that many listeners. <laughs> but uh, go back and check it out. It's uh, honestly... I just, it is literally a bus ride. Like I get on the BRT at the transit center and record my trip from there to the end of the, the route and a little bit on the way back. And uh, I got to say that you haven't taken the BRT yet, right? I have not. Okay. Um, soon I'll come over there and, and get you and we'll walk over to, to class and then catch uh and catch the BRT and ride it just so that you can get an idea of, yeah. of what it's like. Yeah, you won't be able to see the sights, but I'll be honest, it's Northwest Expressway for the most part, and there aren't any sights. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, except for the Target District, you don't really, you don't really see much. But uh, uh, I'll be able no, to see really, the lights. That's true. It's very, 
efficient and the the frequency is every 15 minutes. It's really convenient, and I hope people will take advantage, and I really think it's a good uh, point of entry for public transit for people who traditionally haven't used it. Um, it's not very intimidating uh, because it's a fixed route that is very convenient uh, for a lot of people. So uh highly recommend checking it out. It's free during the month of December, so not it's just an investment of your time to see what it's like. And uh, you may fall in love with it, uh, folks. Like, you really may realize why I love transit so much. Uh, personally like it, uh, as well as as a justice issue, because it is a justice issue, having it's access. Nice. It's very nice. Those seats are surprisingly comfortable like I it's I, everything's more comfortable than riding in an airplane but it's uh, <laughs> like the seats are comparably comfortable um, a little more space uh, except for one seat but uh, yeah if you can avoid sitting in the very back seat like very back bench behind the seats uh, on either side, I would avoid those seats if possible because uh, they're a little close. But especially if you can get a seat at the wheel well, oh my goodness, it's like the uh, it's like getting the exit row exit. on the airplane. Uh, just so spacious. But these seats recline like it's very comfortable. It's very comfortable. There, there's Wi-Fi. Uh, there are USB ports above the seats. Like if you want to charge your phone, um, it's very convenient. So highly recommend. Well, and the Five seats stars. are material that you can wipe down, you know, which would have been great during COVID. Um, Absolutely. Um, so. And uh, Embark did a great job of keeping their fleet as safe as possible during COVID. Don't want to don't want to make it oh, sound otherwise. Yeah. But but yeah, no, these are. Uh, they're very clean so far. It's a new it's a new route, so there hasn't been a lot of time to get them dirty. But uh, but yeah, they they appear very much easier to clean than the sheets that we have on the other fixed route uh, rubber tire buses, um, which I use all the time. I don't want to in any way denigrate those. Like they are very good. Uh, some better than others because we're constantly replacing parts of the fleet. Um, so the oldest buses are pretty old, uh, but the mm -hmm. newest buses are so very nice. And then this BRT bus really steps that up. So, um, yeah, uh, five out of five. Go for it. Um, thanks, Embark. Thanks, Embark. And thanks, you know, taxpayers of Oklahoma City, uh, and visitors, uh, <laughs> it's a sales tax, which is regressive, but at least it's being used for something uh, that even the the wealthiest and poorest members of our community can have equal access. So, um, so the BRT is good, and check out that last episode uh, if you want. I, I'm not the boss of you. So. <laughs> you're a grown-up, or at least I hope so if you're listening to us. <laughs> right. And if you're not, if you're a child, I think you're awesome, like, and you're, like, super, like, precocious, good for you. Um, do as I say, not as I do. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and again, I'm not your mom, so do as you do. It's not my business. Um, <laughs> I'm nobody's mom. So, uh, well, I hate to do it, but we got to. We got to talk this about This is when I would later. play the final countdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can go ahead and sing it if you want. Uh, is that a Billy then Joel we'd really song? lose listeners. <laughs> it's not a Billy Joel song. Um, <laughs> no, but so, I heard one in the restaurant I was at last night while I was talking about my Billy Joel tattoo. It was very meta. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, listen, we're not here to talk about Billy Joel. Although we do. We do a lot. We talk about (laughs) death and we talk about Billy Joel on every single episode. Um, That's the OKC spam promise. That is. (laughs) It sure is. Um, So, listen, we are just a few days out from the vote to uh, approve or deny a proposition to have a penny sales tax for building an arena that will cost a billion plus dollars. Um, If you didn't know about that and you live in Oklahoma City, you've just blown my mind. But (laughs) uh, I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of thinking about it. And I'm really happy that this is our next to last episode where we have to talk about it. Um, because it sucks. The discourse has come to a a point where everything about it sucks. Like there's nothing, there's almost nothing new to say. There's almost no new points to make. So uh, it's just, it's all over but the crying basically at this point. Um, But let's talk about what the, the week's discourse has been. Have you seen anything you liked or hated? <laughs> I don't necessarily want to dox. I'll let you do that. Well, no, I mean, I'm not going to uh, talk about anybody. One, one thing, well, and this is kind of talking about one, one, one somebody, um, apparently that the Thunder are the reason nonprofits are doing well in Oklahoma City. Well, I have an interest in that. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez, like that's really, that's been frustrating, but also not surprising is that the the big nonprofit organizations, like the really, the, uh, you know, Oklahoma City slice of, and the Oklahoma slice of the uh, the nonprofit industrial complex have really, like, hoard their their platform out to support this and it's surprising i think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that like these are not the organizations that provide service and let me just throw that out there uh um it's i'm thinking trying to think of how to talk about this without compromising uh one certain nonprofit organization uh, that is not represented by this podcast, but is inextricably linked um, coincidentally. But uh, listen, the United Way is not an organization that I like 
or support in in general. Um, and so having that organization that is, listen, here's what the United Way does is they raise money. I mean, it's entirely, the, the nonprofit is a development organization. And in theory, the mission of that is to, to get this money and distribute it to organizations, uh, other organizations that are doing work that aren't receiving uh, enough funding, et cetera. I, I think it's a, it's like the insurance company. It's just an unnecessary middle man. Um, I, I don't like a lot of their practices. <sighs> but whatever. Uh, I don't want to get in the weeds about that. But that's the kind of organization, you know, you've heard your, you've heard the complaints about the American Red Cross. This is a similar thing where it's like, mm-hmm. it's an organization that seems to exist in order to keep the organization existing. Uh, but that's a money organization. That's a, like, especially a big donor organization. And that means that to serve their donors, they're serving corporate America, and they're serving uh, the very wealthy. And so uh, no surprise that they don't want to compromise their donor, uh, their donations by offending their donor base by not supporting this. I haven't heard any small nonprofits, especially any smaller, like service providing organizations endorse this uh, arena deal? Have you? I mean, like, honestly, there could be. I just haven't. I haven't, and I'll add this just as a disclaimer. I don't speak for anyone who works with on my nonprofit. Um, So, but it definitely Mm -hmm. hasn't been anything that has been backed by anybody like we just, like, spoke about that. Who cares? I think that it is when we talk about donations, um, like we did earlier, um, look at the ones who are nationally funded. Um, that's going to be where I would direct your money elsewhere. Yes, uh, agreed. Um, uh, I don't think that donations are necessarily a pie, and you got to get your slice, and if somebody else gets a slice, your slice gets smaller. I don't think it's quite like that, but it's more like that than any other portion of liberty or justice um uh so yeah i uh, those big organizations and the oklahoma center for nonprofits they support this um and they they endorse the claims that this is going to be a boon for nonprofits i i definitely recommend that you think about the last 10 years and how how much nonprofits are doing better or not uh, because we can't say keeping the thunder is going to help certain things if it hasn't been helping certain things <laughs> before. Like a new house ain't going to change that. Um, and so, I frankly just don't understand that argument as someone who's pretty invested in the nonprofit world. Um, I, I saw that and I just thought to myself, huh? Yeah, like, I, yeah, I. It's very frustrating, I, and I don't. I don't think it's their place. I, listen, I'm not. 
I'm not against nonprofit organizations taking political stances, but mm-hmm. but it it is a necessary, uh, usually a regulation of nonprofit organizations that you you can't be involved in political stuff that isn't directly uh, impactful to your nonprofit. I've said this before that like when the panhandling ordinance was under discussion, we saw uh, representatives of Homeless Alliance and, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, some other housing-related and, and uh, poverty-related, uh, as well as MDA, because of Fill the Boot, that, that was, was going to be affected by it. But, like, so that directly affects their mission constituency so they could be involved. Now, I think a lot of people who work in that, that arena would also uh, like be opposed to or support some other, uh, uh, some other ordinance from the city, like, uh, like the curfew, let's say the curfew for uh, minors in Bricktown. Uh, they may be opposed to that, but that's not directly affecting their mission constituency in a meaningful way. So it's not really appropriate for them as an organization to be involved in opposing that um, yeah, or supporting have to, it. We have to toe a line um, where we're making sure everything we advocate for is specifically menstrual products related um, whenever it is something that could even – tangentially be related to that, we have to be careful. You have to actually register, you know this, Marty, but as a different form of nonprofit status if you want to do Correct. those kinds of things. Um, right. If you see somebody who's a 501c3, we can't. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good distinction to make. Like uh, somebody asked me once when I said that churches shouldn't be engaging in uh and these political things like endorsing candidates and things like that. Um, somebody said, well, what about other organizations that do political, like moveon.org? And I'm like, it's a different, it's a different classification. It's not a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Churches are not either, but like the same thing applies. There are different kinds of, of uh, classifications uh so i like that is a distinction to make all of that to say i don't know that it's entirely appropriate for uh some of those organizations to be endorsing this then again like i said united way is just a money machine a money changer uh give us your money we'll spend a lot of that on getting more money but we'll spend some of that on these nonprofits. so they're they're geared specifically to funding and they might have the misguided notion that this is going to make a difference in their, in their funding uh, when they could just say nothing like most of the nonprofits (laughs) in town are doing. Uh, They're exercising the option of just shutting the fuck up. Um, I'm not exercising that option. Speaking of that stuff, though, uh, and the discourse, this week there was uh, the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits hosted, uh, and I'm going to defend them uh, in this a little bit, too, by the way, Um, but they hosted uh, Mayor Holt for a sort of a, 
I don't know, a forum, if you will, uh, via Zoom. Uh, nobody was able to speak except for the mayor and the host, and that's fine. I, like, there's that's not like dishonest to me. It's it's an information session from the Yes campaign and the mayor, so that's that's fine. I'll say the things that that kind of annoyed me about it is that you weren't. Uh, Participants weren't allowed to uh, to ask questions in the chat. You had to email them. You had to email your questions, um, and that's not exactly efficient, and it's not user friendly. Uh, I managed it, but I managed it by immediately copying the email address that we were supposed to send them to and dropping it in the address bar of an email and then just I sent sent all of my questions individually as they came to mind but I mean I was rapid firing these emails and I thought man that that alone is going to get me ignored but it didn't um, the person who was fielding those asked I think I sent like seven or eight questions in and I was one of many participants uh, and they got to like four of my questions I believe huh. um, and so that's a pretty good, honestly, yeah, it's an impressive ratio. Um, and, you know, that asked these questions, even though they were pretty loaded, and uh, some of them were pretty loaded. Some of them were just fair, even-handed, like, what is your response to this letter from the group of economists? Uh, and, you know, the mayor gets to respond to that. Um, it's not back and forth, but that's fine. That's just kind of how it's set up. Uh, and and to defend them, uh, the the OKCMP, okay, uh, I got an email afterward. I got two emails afterward. One was directly from their development guy who was fielding those questions just to say, mm. thank you for the questions. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. And that's fine because it was like – it was a pretty short thing. It was an hour uh, – right about an hour uh, and kind of actually During went the over. the middle of the day. Yes, it was at 10 a.m. Uh, so, yeah, not, not a ton of people would have access, but that's okay. Uh, it's not my favorite, but whatever. Um, and then I got an email, like a mass email from the organization, and that included uh, links and contacts for the Yes campaign and for the No campaign. And I appreciate that. Like they, they did in that email say, you know, don't forget there are two sides to this. Um, as far as that, I don't know. You didn't get to watch any of that, did you? I didn't. I was able to catch up on. There are a couple good threads on Twitter. Yeah, they were. I, I of course, was tweeting throughout. Um, Nicole McAfee. That's who what is, I, yeah. Yeah, they Nicole really, McAfee is really good at doing that stuff. Uh, uh, and, it, yeah, and so like their thread was really good and more consistent than mine because I was kind of taking notes and emailing uh, and they were, I don't know if they were even, they might've been doing more than I was and they're just better at it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, uh, and you can find those it, again, it was Thursday morning. Wait. Yeah. Thursday morning at was, 10 o'clock. Yeah. So if you go back in those uh, Twitter feeds to that time, you can see, See those threads and follow. I thought the most 
interesting and not good interesting annoying interesting was a thing that was said was that the mayor said about specifically about that letter if you don't know what i'm talking about uh to the listener uh an open letter uh was written by uh travis roach who was a local economist and uh chair of the department at uh shoot UCO, I think, could be OCU. I, honestly, those are the same letters, so I don't frequently <laughs> call which is which. But uh, uh, and I'm sorry to to Travis and to students of either of those schools. But uh, uh, yeah, it was signed by 22, I believe, economists from Oklahoma, saying that like the financial. Uh, benefit of publicly funded arenas is nominal at best, uh, as opposed to the handpicked uh, economist firm in Arizona that the chamber paid for to do a study and release a study late in the game. saying that it will be $590 million a year uh, of impact. I don't know if that's based in any reality, but uh, regardless, the mayor said, well, you know, like anything, uh, you've got your economists, I've got mine. And that's sort of true and accurate, but also is a huge cop-out and echoes the talking points of anti-vaxxers during COVID. It's just like, mm-hmm, yeah. depends on whose science you're looking at or the environment, like many things that have been politicized that didn't need to be. This is politicized and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but but that you've got yours, I've got mine. Uh, it's very alternative facts kind of language and that annoyed me. When we were just talking about this yesterday because I got to see you twice in one week. How about um, it? I know. <laughs> and it really um, doesn't happen often. <laughs> and um, we were discussing like restaurant closures and about how this has been happening before this big vote has happened where one of the talking points is we're going to lose businesses. And it's like, well, we kind of already have. So Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, – in the past year, we have seen the closure of right around 60 bars and restaurants in Oklahoma City, including a number of them in the downtown area. I Like mm-hmm. Ludovine, who put Oklahoma City on the map mm-hmm. uh, in the culinary world, uh, Ludovine is closing. Um, and they've struggled for a couple of years. COVID did not help. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to deny the... the uh, the impact of COVID in our community, but uh, these are businesses that survived past COVID and have still Mm -hmm. struggled since. And uh, the presence of the thunder in our city hasn't changed that. Uh, I don't blame the thunder for that either. And uh, certainly the team itself, I like, like, we love the sport of basketball. We love our local team. I don't want to – this is not about them. This is about public money being used to finance something that billionaires could pay for on their own. Um, 
Yeah, I and, think that's. Yeah, I think that that's, Yeah, I just I don't want. I, people are gonna say it, and it, it's just how it is. The discourse is such that people are gonna like. Well, just because you hate sports, or just because you hate the Thunder, I'm like. Oh my goodness! Oh, we have an Amber Alert. Hang on. Yeah, I wish I knew how to. Uh, I don't know how to do that. Edit that out. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened before. That's what happens on live radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, uh, we're also sneaking up on the midday. Uh, for the listener, we are recording this midday Saturday, and it is right now about 11 minutes until the noon tornado siren. And so you may hear, Possibly hear dogs in the background of ruining in my apartment um, singing the song. It will only be our hour mark. It will. (laughs) So, so, okay. Uh, I forgot where we were. That noise was so jarring. Uh, What do you think? Oh, that the Discord is not about the team. Okay, let's, yeah, let's talk about that really briefly the outcome of the vote. Because you think it's going to win by a landslide. I think it's going to be 60-40. That's okay. my that – but favor. I've been wrong about a lot of this stuff. Right. Fair enough. Uh, and nobody knows. Let me just tell you, nobody knows how this is going to go. And everybody who's being very like, oh, it's definitely – like you, you just don't – you don't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. You, Lindley, don't know that. <laughs> no, I, mean, I do people not. Are, People love to be definitive about that, about this stuff. And I'll tell you, like, I have a uh, a really good record of calling the, calling elections, like saying I, I believe it's going to be this, this will win. This, not so much percentages, but but the thumbs up or thumbs down, I'm usually pretty good. I have no idea how this is going to go. I have no gut feeling, no instinctive, like, idea. I have no idea how this is going to go. I flip a coin. I um, um, I mean, I to give you an idea on my track record, Marty, I thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. I thought Governor Stitt was going to lose. And I thought that the – was this the, the state question number um, to legalize marijuana? I thought that was going to pass. So I just – Oh, yeah. Don't listen to me. <laughs> well, fair enough. I, that's aspirational. Uh, <laughs> uh not the anyway, yeah, I don't nobody knew that nobody knew that Trump was going to win uh except for Trump voters, and that wasn't based in logic shockingly <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so this i you know what honestly uh I just don't know there uh last week, I think was a a rough week for the yes campaign. Because that letter from The Economist came out, and that did change some – I mean, within my my cloister and my bubble on Twitter and other social media platforms, that made an impact for some people. I definitely saw a couple of, uh, a couple of acquaintances on Twitter who were like, uh, you know, seeing this really made me rethink this because that's somebody, specifically one person who – we get along famously on uh, on Twitter, but sometimes we disagree, and we have really good conversation about that. He just could not accept my arguments uh, that were much the same as what you 
seeing that letter. But once he saw that letter, and it's not just some dude, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a bunch of people who are trained in this discipline, uh, he was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't take that personally. I don't, you don't have to listen to me about economics. I don't know shit about shit, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but like, I, I, so that was a pretty damning. Uh, there were, um, well, there were a couple of other things. Oh yeah. So like I had a friend who got a polling call at like 8 PM uh, the other, the other day. Yeah. And so like if the chamber is, polling, if the yes campaign is polling, like, that almost sounds, sounds a little desperate. Like, it sounds like panic. That like My bedtime. <laughs> your bedtime. Don't call me. That's like calling during dinner, salesman calling during dinner back in the uh, day. But like, don't call me with a poll at 8 p.m. This is prime streaming time for me. I've got to be watching my programs. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that right. sounds a little desperate to me to be polling this close, and especially after a couple of things have come up that were not great. Um, but then again, I don't know, late in the week, and I, I talked to some friends. They kind of talked me down on this last night about my concern for the vote relating to this. But there was a really stupid, I think, ugly uh, thing that happened this week where Somebody, uh, we don't know who publicly, but somebody paid for a cameo. Um, mm. If you don't know what cameo is, that's a service where you can pay famous people of various levels of fame uh, to record a personalized message. And somebody paid disgraced uh, Congressman George can Santos call him a of New York. <laughs> whatever he's yeah that they somebody paid him uh several hundred dollars to record a message uh addressing mayor holt and congratulating him on his grift and saying slay queen i like yeah slay queen and like i i understand that some people think that's funny and especially the 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 center not the left but the center has adopted this memeing of George Santos and like listen he ripped off some Republicans great but guess what you just gave him money like you're a Republican and for what the fucking dunk nobody that didn't change anybody's mind to vote against nobody saw that and were like oh that kind of performative bullshit is for the benefit of the liberals it's for it's it's getting your cheerleading squad to cheer and to pat you on the back. It is just engagement bait. That's it. And so sharing that, I think, was irresponsible and counterproductive. And also, it just sucks because whoever the progressive, the quote-unquote progressive who actually paid for that, they paid a white supremacist to record a message to support a otherwise progressive uh cause and it's just I, I don't know the thought process behind it because I don't think there was a thought process behind it we all make mistakes and I don't want to like dog it too much but like that shit has been a big part of the no campaign from a certain segment of the no campaign the no 
coalition uh, that has really undermined consistently that coalition to, to my mind. Uh, like I delete those emails as soon as they hit my inbox. I, like I just don't, I don't need this. Uh, it's not going to convince me. I don't think it's going to convince anybody else with that kind of, that kind of tactic. It makes us look bad, makes the left look bad, even though it was not the left who did this. It was the pseudo left whoever the person was who paid for it. And and I'll say it was OPN who shared it, and that pissed me off at OPN. It's not the first time I've been mad at OPN. Um, uh, you can feel how you want to about them. I'll feel how I want to about mm-hmm. them. But this was just, this was an ugly and bad move, and I can't condemn it in strong enough terms. Do not give money to a white supremacist to make your point as a joke. I just, it's thoughtless and counterproductive and ugly. I, that's my soapbox for this episode. It's and just, if you haven't seen it, I envy you. you are, absolutely. 100%. I, yeah. People were like, is this AI? And like, it's that absurd and bizarre of a thing. But, I, you know, this is, uh, to me, that kind of shit is like, it's the same as Saturday Night Live having Donald Trump on or Jimmy Fallon mussing Donald Trump's hair on that episode. Like, it mm-hmm. is, like you are normalizing this terrible person. Like, granted, they did a couple of things that I like, like scamming Republicans, but that motherfucker is going to be a Democrat in less than a year because of this kind of shit. And yeah, it's I not going to erase how bad he is. About him, titled "Putting the Con in Congress," um, <laughs> and he let somebody's dog die. He was running a phone nonprofit to help unhoused people care for their dogs when they couldn't afford um, the medical treatment they needed, and then he was just scamming them. Yeah, yeah. So that's who you I- give money to. Yeah. Ugh. So we don't know how this is going to go. I honestly, I could flip a coin. It's Tuesday, though. So if you listen to this before Tuesday, please make sure you vote. Uh, and I really encourage you to vote no and tell the city to go back to the drawing board. It is super inappropriate for the mayor to be campaigning and negotiating on behalf of the funder ownership instead of the taxpayers uh, of Oklahoma City. I mean, it's incredibly inappropriate and absurd. Uh, so I encourage you to vote no and tell them, no, nah, give it another shot. Give it another. And yeah. people are going to say, well, they'll lose. This is it. Like, it doesn't. No, no. It's just not, it's not rooted in reality. So, again, uh, I'm so glad that we're almost through this vote rest in peace my mentions the day after regardless of how it goes but uh i mean i'll be i've touched on this before but the most interested on um how the voter turnout comes out oh we got sirens marty yeah we have sirens i just heard dj bark i was just gonna say is dj about to lose his shit I can hear him. I can hear him ruining in the next room. But I usually try to record it and put it on Instagram as Saturday a ruse. But uh, we're gonna miss it this week again. But um, listen, 
I'm done talking about the arena today. We're going to have one more episode where we have to talk about this arena vote, and that will be after the vote uh, as yep. a postmortem. Um, I know you're going to be out of town a little bit next weekend, so yeah. so pulling Good. that off might be difficult. But uh, I'll be stuck but, in the car with my parents for eight hours. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I just said that sucks. Yeah, God speed you. Uh, yeah, uh, Lindley has to go to Houston. Uh, hopefully, at least that will mean seeing a baby. And, yeah, seeing uh, a baby. And also, hopefully some good food, because there are, like, the culinary scene in Houston is really pretty good. So hopefully you'll get to eat some really good food while you're gone. But uh, sorry, you're going to be in Houston. Sucks for I you. I know. <laughs> well, uh, but we'll try to get that episode in. If I have to, I'll do a short episode on my own. I know the people love it when it's just me. Uh, they, uh, the people, they just, they respond so well to that. Um, but uh, that's all I got for this week. You got anything else, Lindley? No, I don't think so. I'm about to go count about 3,000 menstrual products. So it's another Godspeed. Yeah, yeah I forgot. You've got... You've got inventory today for end of the year inventory. Um, well, on profit, uh, we have to do that. Yeah, it's true. You got to say what your inventory is uh, for tax purposes. Anyway, you guys are going <laughs> to knock it out of the park. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hope you get to listen to a lot of Harry Styles while you're on that. Uh, I can't on that task. Oh no! Okay. Don't forget All right. it. All right. All right. Well, it's uh, been fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you, Faye, for being my friend and being on here. I'll say Lindley and I have had some disagreements recently, and I just it means a lot to me to have a friend uh, that can be that we can be honest and uh, and we can have conflict, but actually address it together. That's such a message for everybody. It's weird to be healthy. <laughs> right. This is a state but of uncomfort. It is. Uh, I said we got to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? So, right. Okay. Well, goodbye, everybody. And Lindley, uh, love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye.